Are you ready for change? Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. You're listening to Mr. Change Agent Podcast with your host, Ron Ovid, president and founder of Empower Ministry. He's a recovery coach, a pastor, counselor, and author and creator of Emotional Relearning. Uh, we've been talking a lot about habits in the last few days, and Ron, let's get right down to it. All this talk we're doing here, basically, what is a habit? Well, that's, <laughs> that's a good question. You know, we have habits. We know we have them, but what is it? And I think for some of you, it's, it's common knowledge. You may have heard this before. There's different ways of saying it. I think the scientific, more of the behavioral approach would be that there's a, a stimulus, response, and a reward. Something uh, stimulates action, you get a response, and out of that response, then there's a reward. You know, it comes out of Pavlov's, you know, training, right, with the dogs. Uh, you know, there was, uh, gave him food, saliva, bell, you know. So then pretty soon it was food, bell, saliva, food, bell, saliva, pretty soon bell, saliva. You know, you didn't need the food. They associated the food with the bell. And so the bell became the stimulus. The response was uh, saliva, and the reward, of course, was, I guess, eating the food, you know. So in a sense, that's almost every habit's that way. Now, there's other ways. You can say that there's a trigger. We use that term trigger a lot of times. There's a trigger and then a, a response or a certain behavior, and then, again, a benefit or a reward. So you can use whatever words you want in there, but there's this constant reinforcing then of this behavior and so that becomes a habit it gets etched in into you know what the old saying in neuroscience is what's fires together wires together and, and so what we find is that it's a learned behavior it's a learned behavior and so the brain is a predicting machine and it also conserves energy. You know, most of our energy, I mean, not most, but like 35% of our energy, you know, is used by the head, by the brain. And so it consumes a lot of energy. And so part of its goal is to conserve energy. And so after a while, it starts pruning and it just assumes. It's amazing how the brain works, but doesn't even use all the neurons after a while. It's just stimulus response, stimulus response. And so that becomes a habit. Okay, so what you're saying is that, which comes first? Let's look at it this way, the chicken or the egg. Does the habit come first and then the learned behavior, or the learned behavior becomes a habit, or does... Yeah, the, that's that's the better approach. It, it's the learned behavior becomes a habit. Give me an example, something in childhood or, or something early. I, we, we talked about nail-biting in another episode, another podcast. Sure, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I nail-biting, of course, you're a kid, and I've seen, you know, hundreds of kids nail-bite, and I was one of them. I'm not exactly what sure that why they say nervousness is something comes up, uh, something triggers you, and that trigger is usually in a sense of a sensation. Emotions cause us to move, the root word, emote, right, to move. And really, emotions are sensations. Feelings are what we call them later. I was sad, I was happy, I was afraid. But it really starts in the body. And so even a child, somehow, I picked up that I was nervous somehow. And biting my nails seems to me it for some way of being able to concentrate, being able to calm down, being there's something soothing about it. Now later on, uh, when I overcame nail biting many, many decades later, was that I looked beyond the nervousness. What's that nervous have to do with it? And what I found that was that there was really a tingling going on. 
even now, as my nails are a little longer now, they're getting to the place where I need to trim them. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that agitation right there. Mm -hmm. And so now what I did, instead of biting, I maybe you can hear that, I rubbed them on my pants, I rubbed them on my shirt. And that took care of that tingling, which then eased the, you know, the reward was no more tingling. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a habit after a while. In that case, the stimulus drove it, not the reward. The reward was like an itch. Mm -hmm. You know, you scratch an itch. Well, it's interesting. You just said itch. Uh, mm -hmm. We've all had an itch. Mm -hmm. But how many times, you know, I think one thing I did was squinch my nose or push up on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And mom would always say something like, stop, you're going to get wrinkles in your nose or something right, like that. Right, right. Well, the first times I did it, I mean, I didn't go around saying I want to smash my face or, you know, squinch my nose. It Something bothered me there. Mm -hmm. Something was on it. Or like a scratch. You might be picking at your nose because it itches. It's dry, humidity, no humidity, whatever. What happens in your brain? Does that become now soothing? Like, I touch my nose and it makes me feel better, and it, so it becomes something it never meant to be. Yeah, there's something something trigger. There's a trigger somewhere. It could be that you're, you're tightening your face. could be something, and you just feel like you got to move it. That's what you call more of a procedural oh. habit, oh. a learning behavior. That's more procedural almost. The body habitually does hundreds and hundreds of functions that we don't even know about. Okay, gotcha. You know, I mean, all the time. So some of the physical ones like that, I think probably one that would be better for us to think about is, is eating. Okay. Um, uh, comfort food. You know, we're, we're nervous, we're upset, a child, here, honey, you know, he's crying, here, have some ice cream. Mm -hmm. Well, pretty soon, the ice cream, of course, tastes good, and we associate it with relationship. Mom's comforting me, mom's making me feel better, I'm getting ice cream as a reward. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. There's a lot of things there. So the brain says, when things are bad, ice cream will make it feel better. There's yeah. this leap there. And what happens is that the part of the brain, the striatum, which is part of the nucleus accumbens in that area, it starts pumping dopamine. And, you know, the misnomer is dopamine is the reward chemical. No opiate, that's the reward, you might say. But dopamine is really the gotta have it. Okay. It gets associated with reward because think about it. When you get a gift, right, you know it's your birthday, you're all excited, you see the gift. What excites you? It's the oh, I got a gift. What is it? What is it? What is it? You open it up. I've seen this hundreds of times with my grandkids. And as soon as they open it up, oh, this is nice. And then let's get the next gift, you know. Mm -hmm. So the pleasure part is okay. But what really moves us is that dopamine firing. That therein is the lie about habits. Therein is the way we can overcome it. And the way we overcome that is by knowing that it's just faulty wiring. I don't have to listen to this. Okay, so what you're saying, and I'm sure you're going to talk about this later, and I don't want to push us too far ahead, but you're saying that this I got a habit might mm -hmm. be a fib. It's your brain telling you you have to have something. Yeah, you, you don't, really don't have, have, to have to have it. Right. And that's why I use, and I've said in other broadcasts, that I just cut to the chase with a lot, because I work with addictions, I work with a lot of hard, hard habits, and I go, you're not going to die. Because the nature, the nature of the amygdala is it doesn't goof around. I mean, you got to go. You know, I'll give you an example. I was at my son's house in Kansas City. It's 4.30 in the morning and an alarm went off, you know, like a smoke detector. Well, I thought, well, if it's like my smoke detector, you know, just hit it with a broom, you know, <laughs> whatever. And so I, I reached up and t took it down and was just going to turn it off. But I noticed it said carbon monoxide. 
I thought, ooh, the silent killer, right? Yeah. So I have no, I, I, there was no smoke. That's why I was just going to turn it off, go back to bed. But I thought, what do I do? This carbon monoxide. So I started reading it, and it had the worst instructions I've ever seen. Like two beeps mean this, three. All of a sudden, four beeps means uh, uh, danger, get, leave immediately. Or five beats means it's defective. So I hit the button, and it goes beep, 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 beep. And I go, was that four or five? So I had to do it again. Now my son, I wake him up because he's going beep, beep, beep. He comes out, and I start going, it's this thing. I don't know if it's defective or what. So we start giggling, you know, like little school kids. You know, we can't, we're trying to figure it out. And so finally, I go, oh, I'll record it. So I record it on my phone, play it back, beep, beep. I go, that didn't help. <laughs> so what I did is on my recorder, though, I could slow it down. So beep, beep. And sure enough, it was five. It was defective. So we thought, okay, well, we can go back to bed. But you know what's so funny about that? I laid down in the, in the guest room there, laid down next to my wife, and before I could go to sleep, I played that phone recording one more time, just mm -hmm. to double check. That's how serious we are about alarms. It's in our nature to respond to alarm. And the thing is, a habit doesn't have to be obeyed. It doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. it's, you're not going to die. And so the question is, how do we change habits? And, and one is to, to realize that we don't have to listen to it as faulty wiring. We choose whether we want this to be a habit or not. We made it a habit. It may have been convenient. It may have been nice. But if we decide we want something different, we are the master of that fate. And we can declare that it's faulty wiring. Because I choose not to listen to it anymore. And so I'm going to put the wax in my ears, tie myself to the pole, and tell all the people around me, don't you dare untie me, don't listen to me, because I'm going to get through these sirens, right, like mm -hmm. this is. And so, so the same thing here. And so we describe, number one, first of all, we say, I don't have to listen to it. You know, that's the second thing. First, it's faulty wiring. Second, I don't have to listen to it. I don't have to obey it. The third thing is, then we ride the wave. Almost any urge, I mean the worst of urges, the most it probably lasts is 20 minutes. The funny thing about it is once you start ignoring it or, or, or at least replacing it, doing something else, it dissipates. It's like riding a wave, it soon hits the shore. And so I teach people, let's ride the wave. And you can do that by having something else you like at the moment, you know, just thinking of something else. You're not so much distracting and ignoring and pretending it's not there. You're choosing to do something different. And there is a difference. It's a real alarm, but you're choosing to do something else. And it dissipates. And so what you're teaching now, your brain, is how to overcome that. Because here's the thing about a habit again. The amygdala, which is the one that sets off the alarm, is in the emotional center of the brain, the prefrontal cortex above your eyes and the front of your head. That's the executive center. And the trouble is when you have a, a habit like that, the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex aren't communicating. And so logic and reason won't affect it. The alarm takes over the brain. There's a delay in there. But as we start and choose to say it's faulty wiring, uh, I don't have to listen to it. I choose to ride the wave and distract myself. What we're saying to the prefrontal cortex is, hey, this is false alarm. And pretty soon it takes over. And the amygdala actually decides after a while. So you overcome habits uh, that way. 
That's very, very interesting. And this has been a, a podcast, Mr. Change Agent, Ron Ovid, uh, with Empower Ministry, a recovery coach and pastor counselor, and full of good stories and lots of uh, analysis here. And I trust you'll just join us again next time for another podcast. In the meanwhile, there's something uh, you can do. You can check out their YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, go to the search bar, and put in Mr. Change Agent, and uh, you'll see Ron's picture at the top, and just click on that, and it will take you right there. And there's also a free ebook that you can get that talks about these triggers he's mentioned, these triggers, uh, things that get us into these habits and get them going when even when we might not want to. And it's so important to be aware of these triggers. And you can get a free ebook just by simply going to the website. Go to www.empowerforliving.com forward slash trigger. That's empowerforliving.com forward slash trigger. And that book will be sent to you. Just fill out the little form. And join us again. Tell people about this podcast. Go to the YouTube channel. Like it. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ron, for being here. Uh, Always great to be at your podcast, Mr. Change Agent, Ron Ovid, your host. Thank you.